Welcome to the Crimson Circle Show. And you could be listening or watching from a number of different places. You could be watching from crimsoncircle.com, where it's audio or video, if you dare. Or you could be listening in from theawakeningzone.com. And if you're listening from there, there's a chat room where you can talk and carry on and rant and rave about what we're doing while you're listening. So welcome to theawakeningzone.com. And last but not least, some of you might have found us through Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and this amazing live Chambre audience here in snowy, liony mountain <laughs> mountains of Coal Creek Canyon, live audience. Thank you. Can you hear the wild joy going on in this room? Yes, I think so. So thank you to everyone for joining us. And we're here because we think we want to be here. No, we know. We feel we want to be here to have a message from Adamus Saint-Germain as channeled by our dear, my beloved, Jeffrey Hoppy. Are we ready? So with that, my not reading the instructions properly, I believe that we get to do so a little conscious breathing together and then maybe some music. Is that possible? Ah, yes. So this is a passion for me because we get to come together. We've got this beautiful group in this room, Coal Creek Canyon Community Center, and we've got people literally from all over the world listening, participating, coming together. And what I love about this is, this is not we are one. This is each of us is here, sovereign, celebrating together. So I invite you, with all that you are, to breathe deeply and fully into you. To breathe the conscious breath that fills us, each of us, fills us with energy and joy. And when you really breathe deeply, you can so easily feel yourself connecting with all that you are, allowing your body, mind, and soul to flow with each breath, each of us breathing, receiving in this now moment, opening to the beauty of this now moment. I invite myself, I invite each of you with the deep breath to really invite Adamus in close. If you dare, breathe and receive, opening to this experience. Breathe and feel the beauty flowing through Jeff as he invites Adamus in close with all that he is. Breathe and receive. The music's going to play now, and I invite you to feel that, feel the music, and allow yourself to experience it with all of your senses, breathing it, feeling it, allowing it with all that you are. Breathe.
with all that you are. Breathe and receive. The man in the wilderness He asked to Strawberries grow in the salt sea. I answered him as I thought good, as many a ship sails in the His hand could swim and his pig could fly. And I answered him as I thought best. They were both born in a cuckoo's nest. He asked me to tell All the sands in the sea And I counted them well He said with a grin Not one more I answered him You go make sure
I am that I am. Adamus, of safe and sovereign domain. Oh, I love breathing in the energy of this very 3D human environment. Ah, love it. Love it. Caldra made a comment before in reference to me. Thought maybe I would forget. No, Caldro, old dead guys don't forget. Oh no, oh no. But it brings up an interesting point. Dead? Does that mean gone, unaware, unconscious, stupid? Ah uh, no. For what truly is dead? What truly is dead when? You're in a human body with a human mind, but not aware of how you're manifesting and creating your life, not aware of how and why things happen. What is truly dead? Being in a human body or being me. <laughs> and isn't that the point? Isn't that the whole point? Life, death, fears, safety. Awareness? Awareness? Isn't that truly the issue? And isn't that the very reason? Oh, Sandra, coffee, goat's milk, please. Warm. Thank you. Are there goats up here? There's mountain lions. Go find a goat, milk it. <laughs> and that brings up the very point. Three hundred years ago, we closed the mystery schools. After many, many centuries of operations, we closed them because we had gone as far as we could at that time, because of consciousness at, at that time, very thick, very difficult, manifested by religions that were pursuing us, trying to burn our centers, close us down, torture us, run us off. So we closed them, because we also found that those who had reached a certain point of what you would call enlightenment. Thank you. Not goat, but not cow either. Odd chemical. Hmm. Hmm. Odd, strange way to drink one's coffee. So we closed the schools because those who had gotten to a certain point of enlightenment were leaving. They were just leaving the physical realm. Some of them would return for another lifetime or two or three or four. But they got to a certain point, not even a point that you're at, and then they left. Too difficult, too unsafe, too challenging, and too seductive to go to the other side. So for 300 years there has been a bit of a darkness, a bit of a void in terms of true spirituality on this planet. Yes, indeed, there have been a study groups, more than world share of religions. There have been an occasional channeler and a mystic from time to time, but truly a group or groups of humans that would allow their embodiment, their enlightened embodiment. No. No, but those dark times are gone now from this planet. And what we have here are 
a group of humans who are choosing to stay, choosing to be as aware as if they were on the other side as they are here in the physical body, choosing to go beyond this unawareness, this hypnosis, this matrix of dull consciousness. And it's you, and others, of course, but it's you. Not always easy. It presents its challenges. And quite a while back I said, even just five, I'd be happy to work with just five. And what we have here now are a lot more than that, a lot more than five. We're coming to this age where this age you have dreamed of, coming back into the physical body, and not just talking about spirituality, not just going to your weekly meditation group. Nothing wrong with meditation unless you have to be in a group and have to do it at a certain time and have a certain discipline. Meditation, as I've said so many times before, is in every moment and every breath. What is it? It's awareness. It's consciousness. That's all it is. Why do, they, why do they spend countless hours in strange seated positions and many times suffering in this thing called meditation? To try to gain awareness. There's an easier way. You allow it. You allow it. Let it be with you in every moment. Everything you do, it's called consciousness in life, embodied consciousness, aware of the I am, I exist at the core. And then aware of this reality, this beautiful sensual reality. Indeed, I'm on the other side. I get to peek in, pop in, now and then. But indeed, there is nothing quite like being here and on this planet, the, the sensual experiences that one can have. And can you imagine now doing it consciously? Consciously having experiences, experiences of your choosing. It's not that it's going to be without challenges. Mastery does not mean and there's not going to be outside challenges, but there is inside balance. There is consciousness and mastery is humor. It is humor. Being able to smile and laugh on all the things going on around you. And even at yourself, with good humor, not sarcasm necessarily, but with good humor, smiling, sarcasm. Do you want you read the example of sarcasm? Is that what you're saying? I can't quite hear. <laughs> sarcasm. And sometimes sarcasm is biting humor, negative humor. You like sarcasm? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> then laugh about it. That's what we're here for, and that's what we're doing. Uh, a few <coughs> housekeeping notes uh, before we get into today's shout. First of all, a very happy birthday, my dear. Thank you. Uh, mm, a gentleman. Uh, wait, I want to fear the hair on my hand. A gentleman <laughs> never kisses the skin. It's I may be an old-fashioned guy. Be nasty like Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't thank dare you. do that oh, in public. Thank oh, you, Adamus. Indeed. How when, perfect. When, oh, that was so wonderful. When a true gentleman kisses a lady's hand, one hand behind the back. 
one hand behind the back and the other <laughs> but never touches the lips. Oh, it it's dates back hundreds and hundreds of centuries ago when you carried a lot of bad diseases. But Give me Jeffrey. I'm sorry. Matter. Give me Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Thank you. Other housekeeping notes. Keyhawk 4 coming up. It was just announced. Keyhawk 4 will be a bit different than the previous Keyhawk because now, in Keyhawk 4, we're not just going to be bringing light and energy into the body, into the self. We're going to be manifesting. Ah, and that's mm. the good news. The bad news is that we're going to be manifesting. And <laughs> you're going to have to take a look at your own manifestations. This isn't going to be just talking about it or just, um, just allowing. We're going to go beyond that into the external manifestations in the body in your physical reality, in your level of abundance. And we're going to – are you taking good notes? Oh, yeah. Good. And we're going to have discussions. How are you doing in your manifestations? No judgments, but how are you doing in your manifestations? Yes. By the way, that was sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're laughing. <laughs> so, kihak, meaning spirit in motion. Ki, motion, hak. Wow. Spirit. Mm. Spirit in motion. And now we're really going to be putting it out there. You're going to be doing a life assessment at the beginning of Keyhawk and going to ask you to do it honestly and openly because by the time we're done with Keyhawk 4, you're going to take a look at your life again and take a look at what you have manifested. Mm. Huh. So let's take a deep breath with that Keyhawk coming around. Mm. Next, housekeeping note. I mentioned in our last gathering that I was going to do a workshop uh, gathering discussion about abundance. Abundance. A free workshop about abundance. Go figure. <laughs> yes. You just went through lesson one out of three parts in the series. Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I thought maybe you were all psychic by now. Lesson one. Receiving. That's exactly what happened with the Crimson Circle Connection Center or the 4C Center. 4C. 4C. Oh, 4C. Ooh. <laughs> that was sarcasm. No, I meant it nice. I meant it nice. That wasn't sarcasm. That was the first experience in, in abundance. Receiving. Word was put out there. There wasn't a lot of structure around it. There were no, as Cauldron Linda said, there was no uh, email campaign or constant pestering. It's you choose to or you choose not to. Most abide by that. Thank you. My specific instructions, do it or not do it. But don't complain about doing it or not doing it. There were a couple. Hmm. <laughs> was that sarcastic? Yes. Uh, <laughs> there were a few, but their voices were quickly overrode by the ones who understood exactly what I meant. It doesn't matter one bit whether or not you opened your wallet or your checkbook or, I guess, credit card. It doesn't matter not. Do it or don't do it. But don't complain about it. That's one of the very simple dynamics of abundance. Shut up. <coughs> it, it truly, it's in my book, abundance book. Shut up. <laughs> Stop complaining. Do it or don't do it. Stop 
talking about all the reasons why it's not working and why people are bad and why you know all your talk. Do it or don't do it. Get on with abundance or don't. And if you don't want to get on with abundance, that's fine. But don't complain about it. Don't talk to other people about it. Don't come to me about it. If you're ready for abundance, let's get on with it. Abundance is about receiving energies that are free, natural, and yours. It's that simple. It's that simple. It's directly related to your desire to live, your, your choice to live, your passion to live. They're very, very simple things in this whole thing with the studio, the connection center. Put it out there. Uh, some of you would call it, put it out to the universe. I, I never understood what that meant because universe is kind of just big nothing. Put it out there to the universe, but put it out there to the I am yourself. Step back. Let it fill your bank account, your health account, your whatever account. Just let it do it. Don't restrict it. Don't manage it. Don't stress on it. Just watch how it flows. That simple. That was number first session, the first lesson in the abundance thing. The same thing that happened to Crimson Circle can absolutely happen to you and probably easier. It's easier for you to do it for yourself. Here we were involved with thousands and thousands all around the world and all the dynamics involved with a group. It's actually easier to do it for yourself. It's that simple. If you make it any more difficult, I contend that you're really not ready for abundance. If you simply say, I am that I am, I choose abundance, and then step out of your way, let it roll in. And then don't go through the mental torture of asking how it got there, why it got there, what you're supposed to do with it, anything like that, or if you're supposed to be extra nice now because you received it. You just (laughs) allow it. You just allow it to come in. It's that simple. We'll continue with the lessons, and yes, there will be a live webcast from the new Abundance Center, your Connection Center, obviously. So those being uh, the housekeeping notes for today. Happy birthday, and many, 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 many more to come. So let's begin with this. Why don't the changes come like that? Why, why don't they come like that? In other words, why don't you go from being in, this, um, in, in the more unconscious human state and suddenly into the enlightened state? Why? Sure. Why? And I know some of you get very frustrated. You're like, well, I've I'm choosing this. Why doesn't it happen overnight? I think I just got the answer this week for that. Ah, ah. And I think it's just part of a evolution in a way. Yes. It takes some time to get used to everything. Yes. And then that's how it becomes. Absolutely. That's my answer. No, that's a very, very good answer. Absolutely. Yes. A few more. Why? Why doesn't it just happen overnight? When I make a choice, it feels like I have to get the energy, like I have made the choice, but it's like calling in the 
the cattle calling in whatever you call you yes. know why don't the to, cattle to just get, show up right yeah right just then boom and just yeah. right here right yeah, now yeah. it you it just it's the energy shift it feels i don't know how many more different ways to say it but it's hard to uh not hard but it just takes time to get the energies going in the direction of your choice Dude, does it have choice. to Well, if you're, if I'm doing a big project or something, mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like I need, uh, I'm calling in the cowboys. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I need. You got you cows know. and cowboys. And, I just uh, moved to Colorado. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> it was dolphins and and sailfish earlier, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, now yeah. cows and cowboys. Cows and yeah. cowboys. Yeah. Call them in. Yeah, yeah. You're Lasso getting, you're getting in. with it here. Yes, yes. There's. Many wonderful things about this part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, uh, as a side note, what called you here? The Two, cows and the cowboys. The cows <laughs> and the cowboys. I haven't met him yet. I'm looking, I'm looking for a cowboy, though. Uh, a to cow Denver, or a to cowboy. Colorado, from where I moved. From yeah, where yes. I, what, what called you here? Um, it's something unconscious. I, I've, uh, How about making it conscious? Um, you know, but, but stop. See, see but, what's happening is you go up here. Mm -hmm. The answer is already here or wherever. But you go up here, and then, then it gets uh, constipated. And, and it, well, no, constipation doesn't mean just that. Constipation means restricted and smelly. So uh, you get constipated. So try from, from here. Why did you move to Colorado? Quick. Because I wanted to. Oh, okay, good. The energy <laughs> of this, I was just drawn. Drawn. Okay, good. What drew you? You'll find out by the end of this, and then you're going to go, I knew it. I knew it. You're going to, why didn't I say that in front of everybody? I, I knew why, and I should have said it because then you'd have blown uh, the next hour and 15 minutes that we have together because <laughs> I had to stop right there and said, Yep, that's it. Okay, thank you. Good. Why doesn't it just happen like that? My answer would be because we don't get out of the way. Yeah. We choose. And how, then how about using the word, I don't get out of the way? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, trying yeah, to say yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm learning. Yeah. So. By the way, has anybody here worked with this thing I discussed in our last shout when you're talking to another person, particularly in, you know, a, more of a confrontation, instead of going, well, you did mm -hmm. just come from the I. I. Hard to do. Yeah. But amazing when you do. Yes. It cha mm -hmm. changes all of the dynamics. Yes. yes. I don't get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, fear, probably. You're too cute. Yeah. <laughs> Would you too like to sit together? Uh, Edith says she's too cute. I, it's a different, different world than I was, when I was around. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And you are no, you're not cute. You're beautiful. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I love humans. <laughs> Next, yes. Your belief systems. Let's stand up, Master. Stand up. Your belief systems and overlays. And I'll sit down. <laughs> belief systems and overlays. Sure. What's the belief system? Why? Why don't you just believe that it's all going to happen right away? How many do you want to get into? As many as you want to get into. 
How many do you want to get into? I want to re remove them all. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you? You're thinking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see, and please take note, cause, because you all do it. You stop and think. The answers are right there. As I said, you're gonna, by the time we're done today, you're going to go, I knew that. I knew that. So one of the things is that we're going to be doing uh, is thinking from a different place. Uh, and it's not even thinking. Uh, we'll get into that later. So why don't you just remove those overlays and beliefs? Could I tell you? Please. They're serving you. You love them. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Anything in your life, oh, I've said it over and over, anything that's there, any problem, any situation, it's serving you. Limitation and beliefs are serving you because they kind of keep you held in, because you think you're going to splatter all over the universe if you let go. You think you're going to be in so many parts and pieces over all of creation, never be able to pull yourself together again, mm -hmm. and like some bad psychic science experiment. You know, and <laughs> so you hold it in. You hold it in. But it actually is pretty safe when you open up, much safer. And one other item was, how many games do we want to play just because? We? That's associated. We? We or I. <laughs> we, engineering man. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Excellent. One more. By the way, I love interaction. I love being with each and every one of you, all of, all of you who are watching. And I, I love this. I, sorry, my dear. Even if, even if you're not here in Coe Creek Canyon, I love the fact that we can talk and joke and we can even gossip and, and we can have a grand time. The interaction is satisfying, rewarding for me, and I hope for you. Okay, let's continue. One more. Why? Why or oh why? Edith. You told us a very brilliant oh, And you have yes. You told us a very brilliant thing last time. You Is said just last time, my dear. <laughs> well, I beg your pardon. Every yes. time. Yes. And it said put no cause before yourself. Yes. And I think that works very well for each and every one of yes. us. Yes. So, how about answering the question? Uh, <laughs> you're flattering me by telling me how brilliant I am. But the question is, how come you just don't do the mastery like that? We do. Can't you tell? We? Here we are. We're all masters. We? Yes, I do. We're, we do it. I right. do it. You do it. Right. Everybody does it. David, no, just, just, his beautiful stay to wife, stay to, everybody stay does with you. it. Stay with you. You know, you're kind of going around the table yes, here. Yes, indeed. You do it. I do it. Good. Leave it at that. Period. Edith does it. I can see T-shirts. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He, he does ascension, enlightenment, <laughs> enlightenment. I <laughs> and Edith, it's a beautiful thing. Sorry, did all that. It is a beautiful thing. Thank you. Well, that was a sure of strange kiss. <laughs> Are you sure it was just a kiss, my dear? No. How was it strange? Well, you usually put your mouth on me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
This is going to go into the uh, bleepers and boop, uh, bloopers uh, version of the shot. Yes, I do, Edith, but I do ask you to keep it between us. Oh. It doesn't have to be. You see this camera right there? It caught what you said. I beg your pardon. <laughs> That's not all you beg for. Mastery is being able to laugh at all that life holds, all that life holds. So uh, let's do one, one more. We're having so much fun. Yes. And if any of you are offended, leave. <laughs> if you are so spiritually stuck that you can't laugh a little bit, this group of masters, we're, we're in, this, in this amazing sailing vessel off to the Golden times, and there's no room for sourpusses. Yes. Yeah. For me, what I have found in the past couple months yes. is that my orientation is changing yes. because it's a new orientation. Yes. The old orientation was auto, kind of hardwired to the mind. Yes, yes. And so I've been in a process of consciously going through my days, reorienting where my consciousness is coming from, and it is not here for me, it is here. Yes. How do you go about reorienting? Um, you have to stop. You have to take the time. Oh, uh, no, let's not. You. No? Uh, me? You, I. Mm, me. You. you. Uh, How yeah. do I do it? Yeah, yeah. For me personally, what I, the exercise I've been doing with myself is consciously breathing here into my heart center and allowing my consciousness Good to reside there and expand from there, Great. and <sighs> spending more time there, here inside me, versus out there, and um, responding, reacting to what's outside of me. So my orientation no longer is out there, although I'm still here. Yes. It starts here. Amazing. Thank yeah. you. No, it truly is. And I talked about, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I talked about it in uh, our discussion of reordering. Uh, reor it's also changing orientations, changing uh, where you're plugged in and connected to things. You go through a phase of unplugging from many, many, many things, uh, li literally millions and millions of uh, order points, mm -hmm. and you unplug from those. It feels very awkward. Uh, there's, there's a desire to try to get plugged back in. But what happens, the mind tries to plug back in into this reality and things it understands, where indeed you're actually not even plugging in, but tuning in, uh, orienting to other things that are much more flexible, uh, much more dynamic, and much more energy efficient. But there will be a period of time where you feel very disoriented, very disconnected, and that's exactly why. Which leads to me to my point. question was, why does it take time. Why don't you just snap your fingers and get that enlightenment? Number one, it's compassion. <coughs> compassion for your body, because your body, with, when it was in its old ancestral DNA, could not have handled that rapid of a tr uh, transition, transformation, could not have handled that quick of a change. And it would have caused 
such a energetic imbalance that it could have led to things like, and very specifically, things like diabetes. Uh, if, if the body tries to change too quickly, the energy inputs and throughputs would cause diabetes. Uh, secondly, cancer. Uh, it would, again, send stray, stray signals throughout the body and cause cancer in certain parts of your body. Uh, so you're bringing it in, this new level of light energy, uh, as you're making your changeover from your ancestral biology to your own true light body. And it's happening most of the time while you're sleeping, but sometimes in your waking state. Sometimes you feel that your body is going to help, but it's not. It's reorienting. It's, it's changing. I ask you to invite those changes and allow those changes and stop asking all the time, what's happening to my body? Why am I sleeping long, long hours? Why can't I sleep? Why is it that I don't have the energy level I used to have? That's, that actually is a good thing, that you don't have that energy level, because you'd still be trying to get energy from old sources. You go through a period, a, a phase, where you're disconnecting from the old fuel source, let's say an old uh, coal-burning plant, and now you're going to be connecting to a very new, energy-efficient, uh, clean source of energy. So there is that changeover. And there's going to be times when you feel that uh, you you're have extra aches and pains in your body and you think you're getting old, and it's not. It's about this intensive changeover. I said at the beginning that we closed these mystery schools 300 years ago because it was just too difficult uh, to go through embodied ascension. Now, many didn't care. They said, I still want the ascension, and I don't care if I leave a day later. Uh, but you, my friends, have chosen to come into this lifetime to do it while you're in that physical body. So out of compassion to your body, you take these changes exactly how you're able to handle them. Compassion to your mind. Mind is the thing that's really having a difficulty with all these changes that are occurring. You're going beyond the way you've been thinking. And, and so often, when we're gathered like this, you, you can just, you all, all of you can feel the energy when somebody starts thinking. Everything gets focused up here. You don't have to be able to see auras or energies. It's even just body language, but you intuitively know it goes up here and then you they get stuck. You're going to a different way of, of um, bringing through awareness, intelligence, where it doesn't require the type of analysis or file retrieval, going back in and saying, now, what, what was that? You know, I, I, I stored it back here in my memory. In the old energy, the old mindset, it's very uh, associated you, – you associate everything with everything else, and you're going to be getting away from that, because in the new reality there is no association. In other words, you haven't done it before. You haven't experienced certain things, and the mind will always try to associate, even when you, the I am, is saying, hey, we don't need that. The mind is still going to be trying it for a while to associate, and then it's going to get frustrated, because it can't it can't find a parallel or similar experience to latch onto in order to make its evaluations and its analysis of how to act or react. 
And then it's what it does, it goes into fear and panic mode, fear, panic, and anxiety mode. And the mind says, don't do anything, or retreat, you know, back away. That's why you're going to say, no, it's perfectly fine to go on, it doesn't matter. You see, I open up talking about life and death. There's really very, very, very little difference between the two. Really very little difference. So in a way, you could almost say, even at the expense of death, it doesn't matter. To be able to break out of the, the prison uh, – and it may seem a little harsh, but to call earthly existence a prison, it is. It is. It's beautiful, and it's a great place for lessons if you're still into lessons, and I hope we aren't. And it it's, has such, um, such a, a level of its own type of experience, but it has gotten to be a consciousness prison. And where people, they're in the, the patterns and in the routines and they don't break out, and very few voices rise above that, and very few people let themselves go beyond it. My dear, birthday, so then why birthday are, question? Why are the angels and crystals and blah, blah, blah lining up to come here if it's, at, it's such a miserable, painful, stuck Didn't say thing. miserable. Okay, stuck, I didn't whatever. say miserable. I said stuck. They're lined up here because the Earth, this planet Earth, but soon to be – I could say actually now to be – the new Earths that have also been created, and there are many, are the places you go for your enlightenment. This is where you discover on in this planet no other planet in all of the dimensions or galaxies, no other planet offers the ability to understand and embody the I Am. They all have experiences, and again, you could say there's a, there's a gamut of uh, consciousness and technology and intelligence and all of these other things, but there is no place like this. Now, that's the good news and the bad news. There's no place like this that one can get truly lost within, uh, become uh, to forget who they are. None that has this density and this level of seduction is this planet. So what better place to come than here? Why not go uh, to the extreme to get it, rather than some of these other places? That's exactly, my friends, if you remember, exactly why you came here. You, you came here to, to embody the I Am. In other words, to completely integrate it into the soul, into the, every aspect. That's why you're here. And it can o right now, it can only be done. They're here lined up, <clears throat> and I'm selling tickets. Uh, they're <laughs> lined up for it because it is a centrally beautiful, dynamic planet. Uh, the the feeling of pain in your body uh, that's central. Now you say no, it's really a pain in my body. To an angelic being who has no physical um, physical biology. That actually is seductive. You mean I can actually feel myself? I can actually not just feel it like light, but I can actually – it's telling me that this is me? And to an angelic being to say, I can actually think 
I have a thought, and it goes so slow that I can even be aware that I'm having a thought. See, for angelic beings, it happens like that. There's, there's not, the, uh, there's not the, the deep awareness. This time continuum that you exist within allows you to do all these things. Uh, time and space and density and seduction allows you to come here. Now, it's also the curse, because when that knowingness starts saying, I've had enough, but yet the humanness is still in the patterns, in the concrete of consciousness. It's very difficult. What happens is that the human will then try to think and effort and plan and struggle their way out, because they're in that human condition. They'll try to study their way out or buy their way out, whatever it takes, but they'll use very human attributes to try to release themselves from this uh, very dense consciousness. The thing they've, they've dipped themselves into and they've loved and they've experienced, but suddenly when they're tired of it and want to get out and have to get out – it's not even just wanting to – there's that deep desire that each and every one of you has had, I have to get out. I have to get back to me. I have to get back to that awareness of my soul. And you've been trying to do it in your sleep, in your dreams. It's not working so well. You think that's the escape. Actually, it was originally designed as the reconnection, the nightly reconnection. But the deeper one gets into density, the deeper one, even in their sleep state, is still focused on those things that are still very human. And then it's almost um, a desperation, that longing, I have to get out of this, and then trying to go to sleep to at least make a little bit of connection back to your source, and then it doesn't work. And then it's like, what do I do next? What do you do next? You try power, you try thinking, efforting, and suffering. It doesn't work. The true secret, if there is a secret, of mastery, and perhaps the thing that is the most diametrically opposed to what the human would do, is allowing. Is allowing. Several reasons why allowing is difficult. Because you're used to power, force, intelligence, thinking. You're used to something actually aggressive. So you try that. It doesn't usually work. Allowing also is very unsafe. Matter of fact, the human part would say it's downright stupid to allow. So it tries allowing a little bit, and when you allow a little bit, but you still have your concrete underwear on, it doesn't work very well. It doesn't work. You still sink to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, wow. <coughs> so the other reason that it's not done just like that, one is compassion. Uh, so you don't burn out, so you don't overload. And it is it's, it's challenging on the body. It's even more challenging on the mind. And the mind is, <laughs> the mind is dense, and the mind is uh, tough 
but in an interesting way, the mind is also extremely fragile. It's like this very dense item, uh, very delicately balanced on the top of a very, very, very tall pole, constantly trying to not uh, fall off and fall down. So as, as tough and, and dense as the mind is, it's also very, very delicate. So it's always trying to protect. It's always trying to keep from falling apart. And every Nearly every one of you has had experiences in your younger years, not to digress, but in your younger years where people told you, stop acting so crazy, one. And what's wrong with you? Be like everyone else. And then you tried, actually because you loved them and you wanted to make them feel safe. So you got back into step with everyone else. But I said, there's a part of the soul that cannot stand it anymore, not even just wanting to get out, but desperately needing to get back to itself. We take a look at some of the energies and dynamics on the other side. How long can one go in this reality? How long can one go? And before it's just absolutely unbearable on the soul. It used to be in your earlier lifetimes when you would leave the physical body, you go to the other side. There was somewhat uh, of a type of reconnection with soul self, you know, other realms, you know, the great uh, release from the physical reality. But as this new, or as the near earth realms got more and more dense, it became more and more difficult to go into the crystalline, to go to the, the the bridge of flowers, to go beyond. And so many now stay. Even when they die, they stay in the near-Earth realms. It's not physical, but it's pretty dang close. It has all the consciousness factors of this planet. So there's not that rest or uh, reprieve in between now, not in the dream state, not in the death state. And the, the being the being starts getting panicked and desperate and then acts out and does desperate things. All as a way of trying to, trying to feel again, trying to remember again. Trying to, people then do extreme emotional, dramatic things uh, just to feel something again, thinking maybe this is the way back to Source. And they take, they, they, they take drugs, uh, hallucinogenic drugs. And that gives them just a glimpse sometime, but in a very distorted way. Imagine taking the, the, a lot of the uh, hallucinogenics gives you a glimpse uh, of the, the soul source, but from the perspective of hell. Uh, and it's very, very difficult. And some, you know, some enjoy that, at least they get the glimpse, but it's done from that place of distortion. So that's what humans are going through right now. And this awakening process is beautiful, but it's, as you know, very difficult. Because they start awakening, it's really that soul self saying, I cannot stand it anymore. How long can I be out away from connection with my Source? from the I Am. Then they try to find other sources in anything else, in religions, in gurus, in, in um, extreme sports, in anything. 
trying to feel once again, and it's not working. And then somebody comes up with these drugs, and I am not a fan of them, even though I've been asked not to talk about them, but that puts one in a true zombie state. It's basically saying, stop that noise down below. Stop calling out that you're tired of this journey, that you want to break out of prison. It's a shut-up pill. Thank you. Did you put anything in there? <laughs> the shut-up pill. <laughs> Interesting timing, dear Linda. It is. It is. It's a shut-up pill. And it gets people back into that, into that zombie-like condition of walk the line, toe the line, stay in the matrix, stop complaining. But you know what happens? That well, they take the, the medications, and for a little while they feel better. Don't glare at me like that. For a little while they feel better. But that voice, which is the voice of truth, the voice of the I Am, will not stop. And it will keep saying, it's time. It's time. We have to get back. We have to reconnect to the Source. So in a way it overrides that pill, but then it drives the human aspect absolutely crazy. Absolutely. And that's why there's a higher incidence of insanity and suicide when people are using these on a long-term basis. And I stand by my words very, very clearly. So at a certain I was making the story that we study, some are studying, this whole phenomena, how long can you be unaware of yourself, unaware of your source? How many lifetimes can one go through? And this study, uh, this uh, look uh, is, is taking place just here on Earth by some of my associates. But how long can one truly be out of touch? Now, there are lifetimes where you had that connection in dream state in between lifetimes. But for many humans now, it's been. Uh, many thousands and thousands of years, 5,000 for some 10,000 years, not, not you but others, since they've had that touch of Source, then they get so lost and they get so disillusioned and they get so deep into the, the matrix of this reality that they just go longer and longer. One eventually has to have that reconnection with their Source, with their I Am. One eventually has to re-experience it, otherwise they truly go crazy. And then they try things like dying, uh, thinking that's a solution. Imagine that you're so distraught with life, you, there's a knowingness that you can't even define, but something saying, there's got to be more, I've got to get out of here. And then choosing death, thinking that's the release, but finding that when you die it's the same thing. Imagine you're in prison. You've been there, locked in a cell, wearing the same clothes as everyone, eating the same food, doing the same daily routine, no creativity, no true opportunity for self-expression, very, very unsafe. And then you think you're getting out. You're overjoyed. It's time. You're going to be released, or you figured a way to break out. You get out. You step out of prison, and you realize it's still prison. It's still the same prison. 
And later on you find yet another door you think you can break out of when you do and you find out it's still the same prison. And that's exactly what's happening. It's exactly. That's exactly why I love working with each and every one of you. Because you don't care. You don't care about what it takes. You're letting this be the life of release from, from that prison, back to your source, back to yourself. You can feel it so strongly. You've said to yourself, I'll do anything just for that reconnection. Anything. And here we are. We're not going to study our way into it. We're not going to power our way into it. No, 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 no. We're going to allow it. It is going to seem counterintelligent at times, but that's the way to do it. It's your natural state of being. Not, not all the other games, not any of the other things. It's the natural state of being. So why don't we just like that make it happen? It's compassion, so you don't burn out or blow up. It is also to allow yourself the experience, to know the experience. If it just happened like that, you would be without the real experience, without what you've gone through, without the deep realization of it. So you said, I'll, I'll go uh, – fast isn't the right word – but I'll allow as much of it as possible so I can still be in the experience. So I know that experience so well, so intimately. I've gone through the thoughts and the pains and the challenges and the fears, so I know every, every little inch, every centimeter of that corridor of enlightenment. I know it upside, downside, all the way around. I know every demon and dragon that comes out. I know every trick floor. I know every nasty little trap that's in this cor corridor, and I can experience it. I didn't just breeze to the other side. I know every, every little nook and cranny so that I, you, can teach it to others. So you know it so well. It's not just rhetoric that it's real. So you can be the teachers to the others. You know exactly – you're going to know exactly what they're going through and why they're going through it. You're going to know exactly, with the confidence of a Master, that they will make it through that corridor of enlightenment. They will. No doubt about it. It's just what they're going to have to go through. And you're going to put it back on them when they're asking you all the questions. Master. What's it going to take? And you know it's totally up to them. And they're going to ask for the secret. They're going to ask for all the tricks. They're going to ask for all the macchio. What does it take to get through this corridor of enlightenment? And they're going to try feeding off of you, and they're going to try doing everything. And you're just going to stand there because you know that, that corridor so well. You know that they're going to get to the other side. And the experience that they have is going to be up to them. That's exactly what you're going to tell them. It's up to you. I know you're going to get here. It's up to you how you do. I think that's the same thing that Tobias and I have said to you. 
Doesn't it? A few times. But doesn't it make more sense now? Back then it was, you looked at Tobias like, you know, no, Tobias, you, you know the secret. Just share it with me. Just give it to me. It's like you can do it any way you want. So let's take a deep breath. Remember this. When your body hurts, when your mind's all in chaos and everything else, it's real simple. I am changing. That's it. Having a bad day, uh, nothing makes sense, people are giving you crap. I am changing. That's that simple. It's a great reminder. It's not a mantra. It's a great reminder. Oh, that. You say, why did this happen to me, Adamas? Why did this happen and that happen? Because you're changing. Isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> I am changing. Take a deep breath and, and feel that. I am changing. That's why there's sleepless nights at times. That's why there's changes in relationships and geography, everything else. I am changing. It's a blessing. You asked for it. You know you didn't ask for it. You demanded it. You, you absolutely demanded it beyond anything. It's got to change, you said. It's got to change. And it is. It is. So as this stuff is happening, this is a beautiful uh, story you're sharing, a documentary about enlightenment. Oh, I'm changing. Having one of those days, losing all your money. Hey, I'm just changing. <laughs> yeah. I am changing. So sorry, another great T-shirt opportunity. Yeah, We'll have to set up a T-shirt press at your new uh, center. Just cranking them out. Cranking them out. Okay, now let's get into ooh, let's get into the real subject of the day. There's another office space right nearby to rent. Just put Schomburg shirts in there. Schomburg shirts, yes. Okay, let's take a deep breath and let's get into the real subject of the day. The real reason why we're here, dear masters. That was just my warm-up act. I haven't gotten to the good stuff yet. What, are you in a hurry? No. Oh, you have a birthday party to go to? <laughs> so the real subject, the real issue at hand – very simple, but complex. I contend that this world is not safe and that you are not safe within it. And therein lies a great big problem, great big problem. I wished I could suddenly make you feel totally safe, and I wish I could relax your body totally, because your body is so tight, because it's unsafe. I wished I could wave a magic hand and have it so your mind was peaceful, because your mind feels unsafe. I wished I could tell your soul, your divine, that it is safe here. It's safe to come here. But you don't believe that, so you keep it at bay, slight distance away, particularly as you come into your I Am mastery. It's going to feel even more unsafe in this reality. So here you are with that passion and desire for enlightenment. Here you are choosing to be an embodied master, but not feeling safe. 
whatsoever. Big issue. Actually, I'd like to do a little survey here with this group. Uh, we'll need uh, Willie, would you write? And Linda, you run. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's take a look at some of, the, some of the things in your life right now. And I'm going to ask you to rate these, the safety factor, from, uh, let's say, 1 to 10. So if I state a um, certain thing, and uh, 1 being very unsafe, 10 meaning you're very, very safe. One unsafe, ten safe. Why don't you write that down? Then hold up your fingers uh, or hands, <laughs> and but hold them together. For instance, if you're going to do a three, hold your fingers out. But if you're going to do an eight, hold them kind of together instead of like that, because we're going to take a, a quick chambre survey. Okay, take a deep breath. And again, don't think too much. You're just going to know the answer. Good. See, already unsafe. <laughs> we don't know what's safe or what's not safe. <laughs> that is a problem. Okay. Very unsafe is one, safe is ten. And, and I want this documented, um, and, it, and it has a purpose. So take a deep breath. First subject. Are you safe? Do you feel safe with your physical body? Hold your hands up. Pretty good. I would give that about uh, eight. Eight. Good. So just you could just write body, uh, just body, and that gets an eight. Now. Either you're an exceptional group or there's a lot of macchio going around, <laughs> because your body is – up to now, anyway – you're eight. Your body is the thing that betrays you, probably first and foremost. Your body could go like that on the way down the hill. It's icy. It's snowing, out, and it's going to be dark. And your body could give out. Cancer. Every one of you has cancer in your biology right now. It's a latent potential sitting in there right now. Just waiting. Every one of you is carrying at least a degree of your ancestral biology, which has its share of problems. Every one of you is going to die physical death. You say you're safe with your body? You could lose a limb tomorrow? And you say, well, but I'll just regrow it. Macchio, really? we got some other work to do before we get to that point. Your body gets big, and you can't lose weight. Your body uh, is constantly needing food. How could you feel safe when your body has to be fed in every moment? And I could simply put my hand over your mouth, which I won't do. I could put my hand over your mouth and suffocate you. In three minutes, you're going to be dead. You feel safe in the physical body? I don't know. You give it an eight. Maybe you're, maybe you're exceptional. But that body is probably the biggest reason that you don't feel safe. Imagine if you didn't have to worry about the body, getting in accidents, getting killed, getting bloody, disease, and all the rest of that. Life would be a whole lot easier, right? If you didn't have to worry about that body getting old. So maybe you're. Maybe we should talk to more and more Shambra. But I would give the body about a two, about a two in terms of safety, uh, having been in one. Many times now, you don't have to worry like I did about getting eaten by bears and mountain lions. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> oh, I give it a one. <laughs> okay. Next, take a good deep breath. Safety. Safety. How safe are you with your mind, your thoughts? Take a breath, think about it. How safe are you? And go ahead, show of hands. I would give it about. Are we getting this on camera from up here? Yeah, good. I would give that. Oh, there's a zero there. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 would, I would give it a five and a half based on five and a half, ba based on the audience. Really, you feel safe in that mind? The thing that is constantly telling you what a shit you are. <laughs> the thing that is constantly indecisive. Constantly in fear. You're so used to your mind and its games that you don't even realize that it's the very thing that really keeps you from feeling safe. It's playing the game. It's, it's, uh, the mind is the thing that brings in the fears. You feel safe in that mind? I wouldn't. I, I, would, I would put the mind, if, me personally, the mind, the human mind, below. Yeah, we'll have a Domus' score. I give it about a 1.5 for safety. It's the thing that most people run from. They re and in a way, you can run from your body, kind of, but you really can't run very far from your mind. Hell is contained in, in the mind. Darkness and demons are contained in the mind. They're not out there, and they're not under your bed. They're right in here. What people do is they control their mind. They discipline it, they restrict it, they limit it to the point where they're numb, and the, 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 the creative thoughts are blocked out, put off somewhere else, because the mind says, no, that's, we're going to restrict all that. Timothy, afraid – so much potential, a wild traveler, but then you picked up this brain thing this mind thing, and limited yourself. Uh, once known to travel throughout all of creation, uh, energetically speaking or consciously, you got here, you picked up a brain, and you're like an old car now. Uh, you barely get down the road, and, and, and I'm not picking on you, um, but that brain, because it, it, there was part of you that felt unsafe, or it felt unsafe, so control, control, control. And now you're at the point if you say, what if I let go? Oh, people will laugh at me. Well, they are anyway. And if you, what if I let go? I'm going to go crazy and they'll put me in a mental institution. There's no mental institution that could handle your problems and they're going to put you in one of those because they, they don't understand, you see. You just come to the Schomburg Center. We understand because we know it's not crazy. We know it's real. And we know as soon as you stop thinking, about life, creation, spirit, I amness. You're going to be free. You're going to realize what a prison all of you have been living in. Next, your partner. Safe? <laughs> That's a good answer. For those of you who have partners, safe or not? Now, be, be honest here, if you would. So raise your hands now. Give a give the score. Survey says, okay, that's. It's either a ten or a one. If you're sitting next to your partner, you're showing two hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a ten. 
If your partner isn't here, it's a, it's a middle finger one. <laughs> and you wouldn't even give him that much, but you wanted to hold up that finger. So, Partners are, are and I hope, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but for the most part, not for all of you, but partners are an unsafe security blanket for most people. They think they have to have a partner. You know, because everybody's got a partner and they're going to look awkward, silly, you know, going to dinner and eating by yourself. Or they can't stand being alone. So if you have a partner, even if you are unsafe with that partner, and I'm talking about emotionally unsafe, <laughs> not necessarily physically, at least you've got a partner, right? And at least you don't have to be with yourself, because that's probably one of the biggest fears that humans have. Oh my gosh, being alone. So there is an inherent un, uh, unsafeness in partnerships, emotionally. Even the best relationships have their lack of feeling safe. It's a very weird dynamic. You know, you'd rather have that partner in the house so you don't have to be there by yourself, especially at night, but they're in the house and it's like, ah, when are they going to give you hell about this and that? And, you know, pick on you and, and, and be demeaning and condescending and make fun of this cult that you're in and everything else. Not necessarily unsafe. So we had a, we had a real divergence here. Uh, it was either about a, a one or a two, or it was a ten. So I don't know. Uh, That's why you have a <laughs> Right. Right. So it's a range. So I would say from one to ten. Uh, I love partnerships. Chamber one to ten can't make up their mind. My, from my my standpoint, I would give a, a partnership generally about a five, about a five in terms of safety. I've had a lot. It's not like I'm just talking like I'm some uh, space ghost or whatever, you know, talking about this stuff. Never having been here, I love partnerships, relationships, as long as they're short. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it could be eight lifetimes. It could be a lot of lifetimes, David, but oh, you laugh. You laugh. Adamas. Yes, Linda. Oh, hi. Hi, Linda. You want to come and sit up here? Uh, no, no. People get trapped in the prison of relationships. Let's be truthful about all this. Relationships can be beautiful, but till death to us, uh, do us part? I don't think so, because I, I would die young. <laughs> no. a, relationship, a relationship is meant to be an experience with another soul being, and hopefully, in the case of all you, another master. Don't pick a one just to fill a space, unless you're very, very conscious of that's why you're doing it. Relationships are beautiful, but they can also truly inhibit you in your relationship with yourself. Once you have a relationship with yourself, you love yourself, my gosh, the relationships with others are going to be amazing. But right now, relationships are a very old habit. And I'm not saying walk out on your partner. I'm not saying that relationships are bad. I'm just saying take a look. Uh, is it safe for you? Is it enhancing you? Is it giving, and are, are you able to give and receive, and are they able to give and receive? But generally, partnerships, not the safest thing either. Your job. 
Safe or unsafe? Safe or unsafe? Your job, your career. Let's do a show of hands. Safe or unsafe? Jobs and careers. Well, this is we're, we're getting better <laughs> for some. Sorry. So we rate there about a 6.7. 6.7. You're getting this on camera, just so somebody doesn't believe I'm really just doing an assessment like that. Boom. 6.7. With a few exceptions. Jobs. Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting a little bit better, but jobs are uh, jobs are it's not I wouldn't call it safe. Jobs are mundane, kind of. They're complacent, you know. And corporations are they've got it all down to science and behavior and the amount of square feet per person and their mid-management cubicles and you know, it's not a lot of you don't have to effort a lot other than the other people there and getting fired tomorrow because they're downsizing and because they've just been bought out by another corporation or their technology doesn't work anymore. But other than that, gee, jobs are real safe. You rely on them for that paycheck, and without that paycheck you'd probably starve and probably die. Your job is safe, really? I don't think so. I think you're complacent in your job, maybe. Uh, best thing <laughs> Here I'm battling. First I battled with Linda. Now I'm battling with Caldra. <laughs> Take a look at jobs, really. Unless you love it and you have so much passion, you wake up in the morning, you're you're so happy to get there early and to interface with your coworkers. And oh, it's my boss coming in the door. I'm so glad to see you. What can I do today? I don't think that there's too many Chambers that really have that. A few, yeah. I'm not saying to quit your job, but we're talking here about safety. Are you safe when you go into the office or your job or your work? I'm not talking about the, the light falling down from the ceiling hitting you in the head. I'm talking about emotional safety. I'm talking about abundance safety. I'm talking about can you walk into your office as a master as a David McMaster in your case, can you walk into your office as a master and allow yourself to be who you are? It doesn't mean getting up on a soapbox and you know, talking about what you learned you know, at some recent seminar. I'm talking about being in your mastery. Or do you suck it in? You hold it in because others may not understand you. Office is not too safe. At least if you have your own business, you are creating your own destiny. At least it's got some excitement to it and you can control, you can manage or manifest your destiny. It's still not terribly safe, but it's kind of exciting. It's like getting in a race car rather than sitting in a traffic jam. Uh, most jobs are like sitting in a traffic jam. You really don't get anywhere, but you think you are. Getting, having your own Job, what you love doing is like driving a race car. Hmm. So next, next. What would your score be? Oh, my score, jobs. Oh, I'm going to give it about a two. Very unsafe. But you're led to believe that it's safe. It's okay. You know, you go in there and you're not going to catch a virus or a disease, really. <laughs> it's the best place to catch it. So um, let's see. What else do we have? Um, let's talk about your your parents. Were you safe with your parents? Were you safe with your parents? And this goes back to 
from the time you were born, let's say, up until today. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Are you, sa- are you safe with your parents? Were you safe growing up? Let's, let's define it. Were you safe growing up? So, hands? Awesome. Man, we have a range here. We have a real range. We have some chose well, <laughs> chose their parents well. I would say overall that's about a, a 3.8. Uh, no, let's, uh, it just clicked up a little bit. Uh, online is coming in. Uh, it's a four. It's a four, yeah. Safe with your parents. This wasn't a particularly, for most of you, not a particularly grand time. Uh, you relied on your parents to provide for you, of course. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. You relied on them for the emotional support, the encouragement, and a lot of times they didn't. Not because they were bad parents, they were tied up with themselves, with other things, or because they liked your brother and sister better than they liked you. So, <laughs> so not particularly safe. So you learned, you, you developed survival and safety skills. What were those? Well, they were walls and barriers. They were retreats. They were limitations. And when you started first acting like the I Am, like the Master, at a very early age, and all hell broke loose because of it, and you retreated, partly because actually you didn't want to make them feel unsafe with uh, what they were feeling was odd or unusual behavior. The ability to see other things, angelic beings, and the, the natural elementals, and to be able to communicate with them, and to be able to see what was going to be happening, what were the potentials of happening on this planet. When you express that, it wasn't very safe. Now, a lot of you say, well, I, I don't remember that happening. That's exactly right. You don't remember. But it happened. You happened. You went to such a, a shutdown, you don't even necessarily remember an event or the events that happened, but I was there. I saw the shutdown that occurred. So safety with your parents, um, there, are, there are some exceptions, and there are some exceptions to any of these, but I would give it about a three, about a three. Not particularly safe. Some of you rushed right in to find the first family or followed a karmic family in. Karmic families are not really safe families. That's another good (laughs) t-shirt. They're not. Uh, You're acting out a lot of old, old things. So we could go down the line. We could talk about, are you safe in your car? Uh, Let's try that. Uh, Safety in your car. You're driving. You're driving. Are you safe in your car? Take a good deep breath and Shambra says, are you safe in your car? Yes. (laughs) Okay, this is probably the highest of all. We're at about a 7.2, Okay. Safe in your car. Safe in your car. Now, actually, actually, in in a strange way, even though you're out there on the road and there's thousands of other people, somebody could have a heart attack driving down the other lane at any moment, or somebody could be on drugs or whatever reason, and, and poof, it's all over with. But, but actually you do feel fairly safe in your, in your automobile when you're driving, because you're driving. 
It'll probably go way down as if somebody else was driving. <laughs> probably go way down. But you're driving. It's you. You're, you're maneuvering in all this chaos, but you know a funny thing happens when you're driving is your intuition kicks in. Yeah. It kicks in very well. And also when you're driving, you keep the damn mind occupied by you know, doing the things that have, watching the signs and the other, but your intuition is there. Some of your best ideas, uh, greatest insights come while you're driving in a car. Yeah. So cars. So I guess that's the answer. That's the solution to our problem. Cars. <laughs> Drive more. Drive more, think less. There you go, Sarta. And drive more, think less. A great T-shirt. That's it. So, now to the point here. We could go down the list, and we could talk about uh, the food you eat. Is it safe? Hey, we could the food, food you eat, the the thing you, yeah, feed. Yeah, is it safe? Government. Is it safe? The government. Is it safe? Actually, funny thing is, well, I'm not a big fan of governments because they are the uh, epitome of mass consciousness. I mean, that's that's all they are. They represent consciousness of that city, country, whatever it is, whether it's a dictatorship or uh, a screw up. They represent consciousness, and that's why they are what they are. So, actually, in a, in a funny way, governments are not. Because they represent consciousness, they are not smart enough to have conspiracies. They are not, governments are not smart enough to do anything that uh, should really make you unsafe. As long as you recognize they're the government, keep your distance uh, in a way, but, but they actually aren't, they're not quick enough. They're like this great big uh, lethargic thing. It keeps moving. It can't, it can't stop. All you do is step out of its way and it just keeps moving. Governments operate on the energy of power. It's all, it's all about power. Uh, it's not necessarily bad, but that's how they keep going – power. They talk. They talk about serving the constituents. That is not true at all. It's about serving those who are in power. What they don't realize, though, and the reason why I would never recommend that one of you would run for a political office. You get into that soup bowl of, of politics, and uh, even if your intentions are good and you say, I want to serve the people, uh, first of all, most people don't know that they want to be served. Secondly, they, you get into that and suddenly you're in the power bouillon. Uh, you're mixed right in with it. And even if you say, I'm never going to you know, get into power, you're right in the middle of it. It's almost well, not impossible, but very difficult to get out of. So let's take a deep breath. Here you are, masters. And there's very little safety, actually. Very, very little. It's been one of the challenges, complaints of masters for eons of time. That's why a lot of them have left. How am I supposed to feel safe here in this reality, with other people out there, with my body? It's going gonna, it's gonna to give out on you sooner or later. With the mind, with all of its crap thoughts and, and all of its lack of clarity. How is a master supposed to feel safe? 
And some of you say, well, I'll just go be by myself. Actually, that's, that's tougher in a way, because at least with other beings around, there's a nice distraction. For those of you who are starting to take your three days a month totally by yourself, not necessarily easy, because suddenly you're faced with you, the unsafety of your own being. But it's going to be important to have that safe space for yourself, a place within. It's not a place of thought. In other words, it's not, I'm going to create safe space over here and go there. Uh, the, the mind actually would never not program for that, because it's even going to penetrate the safe space. You've tried doing it in dream state, to go off to a safe space, but you've found you there. <laughs> Your aspects. Your aspects have found you. You, you tried to keep it some, uh, some far-off, distant, hidden place. They found you, They're knocking at the door. Even if you don't let them in, they know exactly where it's at. No longer a safe space. So it leads to this whole dynamic of being safe. It is very difficult to be a master and to feel so unsafe. I contend that you don't even realize yet the, the level of feeling unsafe that you have, even just in your body. Your body's held tight. When there is total safety in that body, and perhaps one of the best ways to experience it is a bath, and a nice warm bath, but even then you're tight. And even then you might drown. <laughs> or somebody might drop the toaster in the bathtub. Well, whoops, sorry, don't know what that toaster was doing here in the bathroom, but have a nice trip. So if you were you don't you don't really realize yet the level of unsafety that you operate in. And you've managed it. You've you've buttressed yourself. You've you've found survival skills. You've found ways to, to hold all of these unsafe things at bay. But you know, and I know, that they're right at the door. They're right at the door. And so you keep yourself more and more and more restricted. And even the mind, uh, the mind, try to quiet the mind down. Well, that's kind of like an exercise in fertility. I mean, it just <laughs> You can play tricks on your mind to make you think that you're really quieting your mind down, but it's all a mind game. I'm quieting my mind down. I'm quieting my mind. I'm quieting my mind. I'm quieting my mind. Quieting my mind. And you think that you're quieting your mind, and it's crap thoughts. But you're not. What you're doing is playing hide and seek. You're going to run over here and hide, and then the, the crap thoughts catch you again and say, You're bad. Oh, you've got to run and hide again. There is almost no peace. There's almost no rest in this. So how, how, do you, how do you find that safety? How, how do you find it? You, you can't think about it. You can't say, oh, I'm going to find that. I'm going to think about my safe space. I am safe. I am safe. It doesn't work. Safety has to be real. It has to be real. In order to let yourself open, Timothy, 
and to let yourself be that embodied master. You can't hide. You can't hold back, because it's going to the true mastery, the creativity, the joy is just going to come out. But if you're not feeling safe, Jane, not going to work so well. And you're going to be constantly frustrated with yourself, constantly wondering why it's taking so long for this enlightenment, constantly wondering when I'm going to give you the big answer that's going to solve all the problems. It's about feeling safe in an unsafe reality. This reality, amazing, sensual, but very unsafe. They didn't tell you that before you came here, did they? Very unsafe. So let's take a deep breath. And let's explore safety for the moment. Lights down, and let's have some nice, safe music. <laughs> Not the kind I played at our last gathering, which I had fun with. I liked it. But some people didn't feel so safe. Let's take a deep breath. And between now and our next gathering, I'm going to ask you to be conscious about safe. Not trying to make things safe, because well, you really can't. You can't make the world around you safe. But I want you to start looking at the things that have caused you to put up the walls, create the barriers, whether it's in a relationship. I know relationships are supposed to be all love and happiness. There's a lot of unsafety there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Looking into the things like jobs, your body, as you become more and more conscious of how you've kind of shut down or created artificial uh, solutions for safety. Oh, abundance. We didn't even talk about abundance. Your eyes open, Carrie. Mm, busted. So busted. <laughs> I am your safe space, darling. So we didn't even talk about abundance, safety. Here you are, masters, a true master, a blessing, but in a world that's pretty unsafe, not to mention your, your own aspects, past lives. Take a deep breath. Now, this isn't about trying to go and create some little macchio place of safety that you can go rushing into anytime you're in trouble. Not at all, because that'd be mental. And pretty soon that too would become unsafe. We're trying to create this nice little place in your mind nice little cottage out in the middle of a forest, and it's all safeville. Pretty soon that would get holes in the roof, infested by termites, cockroaches, rats, and burned down. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> not at all. We're going to take a look, a conscious look at safety. Just to recognize, to realize that here you are, divine being, 
surrounded by things that are kind of unsafe. Body, your mind, your own mind. <laughs> unsafe. Brings, starts bringing things into clarity. You start realizing the oh, games that have been played to try to make reality safe. One could say theoretically that a master is safe wherever they are. Well, that's kind of crap. It really is. A master recognizes they might be unsafe. A master recognizes that in this extreme reality called Earth, a lot of unsafe things. A plane engine could drop on this building right now. <laughs> it could. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for that safe thought, Adamas. Yeah. <laughs> Probably won't, though, not because. We're going to think positive, not because we're going to think that we're in some perfect little bubble. Not at all. And we're not going to try to think our way into it, but the fact is that probably not going to happen uh, statistically. It's not probably not going to happen. Very few engines drop on buildings. It's probably not going to happen. It's about recognizing what you've done to try to make yourself feel safe. Could be your house, making that kind of a safe space. On our survey, I forgot to ask you on that list there with food and government and your car and your partner, I forgot to ask about old Adamas. <laughs> Don't answer. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> Take a good deep breath. We're not going to try to make unsafety go away. We're not going to try to create some artificial safeness. As long as you live here in this body, in this reality, there's going to be things, there's going to be factors. The fact is, you're probably going to. Not encounter about 99.999% of the unsafe things. You might worry about them, but you're actually not going to encounter them. Probably never actually happen. A few things might. Rock might fall off top of a hill and smash your car. Maybe just the window. Uh, uh. But let's talk about the real safety, not the outside world. Let's talk about. You, yourself, not real safe in there. Not a lot of well, confidence, I guess. Still carrying around a lot of old vows, old guilts, old issues. They're kind of hardened inside of you. Pillars of a temple have just become kind of the structure within the consciousness. Sure, there's a lot of things you've done wrong, so you think. 
lot of that, I will never do such and such again. But you know, they actually do kind of become the mortar and the bricks of your consciousness, stuck in there. It might have served you at one time. That's a long time ago. How can you feel safe when you're still carrying around the past? How can you feel safe when you're still bringing up things that happened 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 5,000 years ago? How can you feel safe when you keep going back to the memories of the past? How can you feel safe? There's those constant reminders, whether it's from your aspects, from your mind, or even from your heart, about what you did wrong, failures, hurts to others, judgments about the way you raised your children, lies that you told to other people because it was more convenient than telling the truth. How, how can you feel safe? when you're still carrying around those things. It makes the outside world look pretty safe in comparison, actually. How can you feel safe when you really record those failures? And those are the tapes that play when you're trying to do something new, creative, fun. When you have these tapes playing from the past, I, I failed at this. It's not safe in there. Not safe when the mortar, all the bricks of your consciousness, there's things like guilt and shame, loathing, judgment. And it keeps together a very false house of consciousness. I say, but, but. If I take away that mortar, all the walls are going to come tumbling down, and we couldn't have that happen now, could we? What would happen to me then? Plus, you're invested in all the bricks and the mortars of your, of your human consciousness. So you just keep adding more bricks and more mortar, hoping that someday this craziness will end. And it can. It's going to cause a big rearrangement of things. It's going to cause those walls to come tumbling down. But, my dear friends, what if those walls came down? Even if they come tumbling down on a tremendous implosion, dust, debris everywhere. When that dust and debris cleared, there were no more walls, no more prisons, no more fears, no more feeling unsafe. What if beyond these old walls and bricks of consciousness was the true freedom of the I Am? Even in an unsafe world, but no longer unsafe within yourself. Safety 
within self comes when one forgives themselves. Safety within yourself comes when one forgives themselves. Forgiveness may be not what you think it is. Forgiveness isn't saying, oh, I did these bad things, now I let it all go. No, dots can't be connected that way. What forgiveness in mastery is, is wisdom, you see, wisdom. When there is such a wisdom in you, wisdom, first of all, that you're never going to do those things again that you did before. You're not going to repeat it. Wisdom that you've learned from each and every experience. Wisdom that you're not going to be going back into low consciousness, dense consciousness. Wisdom that you are divine. Wisdom that you exist. That's the core wisdom which all other wisdoms come from. I exist. You see, even with the simple, I exist, I am, that is an expression of forgiveness. I exist. I am that I am. That is forgiveness. That is freeing yourself of the guilt, shame, judgment, criticism. I exist. That is the forgiveness. I exist. This isn't a mental thing. A ceremony you have to do sprinkling water over your own head to forgive. Forgiveness. It's really the wisdom. That's what sets you free. And the wisdom is I exist. That's the safe space. It's not a little room in a big house. It's not a little thought that you can run back to and try to repeat to yourself. It's a feeling. It's a reality. It's a knowingness. That's the safety. Take a good deep breath. One cannot feel safe when they are not forgiven within themselves. No, you'll still be running and hiding without that forgiveness. You'll still be making up more and more macchio, keeping yourself overly busy and occupied. You don't have to face this deep, deep thing within. 
the forgiveness, the wisdom. release. Take a good deep breath, good deep breath into this moment. So I asked before why we don't just snap our fingers and have all this mastery stuff happen instantly. It's for the experience. For the experience you just went through, that deep realization of forgiveness. It's not, not like a church religious forgiveness. It's the wisdom. It's actually tapping into your own wisdom. That's it. Tapping into the I exist. That's it. Now, I asked before. Why don't we just snap our fingers and have this all happen? We can have the lights back up, please. Make this all happen. Well, I'll leave on this analogy. The caterpillar. Caterpillar. Going through such an experience of being a caterpillar, but knowing that it's really not a caterpillar. Goes through days and weeks and months as a caterpillar, finally has something inside. Beyond its caterpillar mind that says, It's time. I got to get out of here. This is not me. This really is not me. Been an experience. Love you, other caterpillars. Time to go. I'm out of here. You can try to hold me back, but I'd rather die than not achieve my greatness. And it goes through the transformation in the cocoon, and it's aware, and it it's aware something's changing. And you know, there's part of it that's cursing these changes, being trapped in this cocoon, but part of it's saying, This is amazing. Wow, here I am getting rid of all these legs and all this greenness, and, but here I am. I'm actually aware that I'm changing so that when I become whatever I'm going to become, I'll know exactly. How I got here. A caterpillar shamed itself. Yeah, it's part of me that's, oh, geez, what have I done? What have I done? I could have just been another caterpillar. Part of the caterpillar going, shit, I thought that was unsafe. This is really unsafe. Because <laughs> nobody has a manual on how to do it. And I did hear somebody say there is a red caterpillar called Satan Pillar <laughs> that's going to get me because I've let myself, but I don't care. I don't care, because I cannot stay like what I was. I know there's something more, and I haven't been able to define it. I haven't been able to articulate it, but God uh, – you too, God, Caterpillar God, you're a bunch of bullshit. There is something beyond God, and I know it, and I'm going to find it no matter what. And in this knowingness, I also know that in spite of the fact that this is an unsafe caterpillar world within my being, all is well in all of creation. Thank you, dear Shambra. Be safe. Be safe. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Josh.
wonderful. Thank you to our dear Marty, sometimes known as Mofo, our wonderful, wonderful musician from up here. And thank you. It's always wonderful when you can play for us. Thank you so much. Would you stand up and take a bow? Thank you. Thank you. Really beautiful. Thank you so much. So, thank you. I hope that you, each of us can be with the I am, I exist, and be in that safe place. So, thank you for joining us. By the way, a special hello to Norma and Garrett who aren't able to join us today. Lots of love to them and deep breaths. So, we'll be back here same time, same place, different day, April 5th. So thank you. Particularly big thanks to our wonderful staff who never gets acknowledged. Can we slam the cameras around possibly? And just, we have this great staff that makes this happen with ease and grace. They work their butts off and it's awesome. And especially thank you to Jeffrey Hoppy, willing to put himself out there like that to channel that incredible entity spirit, whatever you want to label that, Adama Saint-Germain. Thank you, Jeffrey Hoppy. Thank you, Adama Saint-Germain. So, thank you. Thank you. See you next time.